Welcome to the Here Comes a Thought podcast. The Here Comes a Thought podcast is a podcast about Steven Universe and psychology and everything in between. I am Jan Ramos, and I am accompanied by expert prankster Kat LaForgia and one-man band Mark Quiris. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about two episodes— Episode 21, which is Joking Victim, and episode 22, which is Steven and the Stevens. So, let's get to it and go, um, Synopsis Guy. I choose you. Well, all right. Pokemon reference right off the bat. All right. Synopsis time. Um, so, Joking Victim. It starts with Steven getting pranked by Amethyst uh, by trying out these fries that are laced with fire salts, which I guess make things extremely spicy. Um, no real reference as to how Amethyst gets a hold of these uh, fire salts, but either way, um, Steven, after ingesting the fire salts, goes to the Big Donut and just douses his mouth in the soda fountain to try to cool off his mouth and creates a big mess. Lars slips, and he makes a big deal about uh, a work injury, about hurting his back. So much so that Sadie uh, has him take the rest of the day off, and uh, to which he's quick to accept it and act as if nothing's wrong, and then he leaves. And Steven offers to help Sadie run the big donut since she can't run it by herself. So then they watch this giant uh, informational training video, and now Steven is fully trained and ready to start at the Big Donut. And so after a while, uh, you know, Sadie talks about Lars after Steven suggests firing him as a joke, and she kind of paints him in like this more, I don't know how to put it, I guess a more friendly light. Sympathetic. There you go, sympathetic. That's the word I'm looking for. And so they decide to pay him a visit and treat him to some donuts because of his injury and everything and because he seems to be a good guy. Now, when they get to his house, they find that he actually invited all the cool kids over to jump on his trampoline where he admits to them that he faked having a severe work injury just so he can take the rest of the day off. And it's really upset Sadie because Sadie believes that he, that she's his player too, uh, that they're like really good friends and everything, and instead he just totally just played her just so he could hang out with other people. So then the next day, Steven suggests a prank by using the fire salts, and Sadie at first is kind of reluctant to do it, but then Lars comes back into the Big Donut uh, pretending to have his work injury again, and after knowing full well that he's faking... She douses an entire donut in fire salts and gives it to Lars. Now, when Lars eats it, Stady makes a punny joke. And Steven's trying very hard to kind of keep it in. But then once Lars eats the donut, Steven starts busting out laughing. And Lars now can breathe fire from the fire salts. And he runs out of the big donut, lighting everything on fire, melting the county's biggest bowl of ice cream uh, as presented by mayor dewey and 
ultimately, Lars thinks Steven was the one behind this, and then Sadie owns up to it, saying that she did it because of how he's been treating her, and, you know, kind of, like, relaying her feelings towards um, how she feels about their, their friendship, and how hurt she was by his, you know, attempts to... Uh, get out of work and basically abuse her friendship this makes Lars feel bad and Steven then performs the Heimlich maneuver that he recently learned from those educational training videos and gets rid of the fire salts Lars is okay and Steven or not Steven I'm sorry Lars and Sadie um, work together to kind of clean up the mess that he made And that's it. Okay. So, I mean, where do we want to start with this? Because there's a lot. I mean, practical practical jokes are... Uh, I, and uh, I guess the, the first thing is pranks. The definition of pranks was a good one that um, John shared with us. Um, so, I'm trying to think. Where did I see that? John, why are you not talking? Um, because I'm looking at the prank stuff. Oh, did you find it? No. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when I write. Okay, here it goes. I'll say it. Okay. So, a prank is a violation exerted on a person while making sure the violation is benign. Right? Yes. And so, that's what Amethyst did with Steven at the beginning. She gives him the fire salts, and the reaction Stephen has is more as if the food is spicy, mm-hmm. more than, for example, breathing fire, as we see with Lars, right? Yes. And so what Amethyst does to Stephen is a prank. What they do to um Lars, it was intended to be a prank, but it comes to a point where the violation is definitely not benign. It's really, really harmful because he's breathing fire and he's even um, causing damage to other areas of Beach City. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people involved that were damaged by that. Not to mention ice cream is melted. Like That's the worst violation of them all, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and not only just ice cream, like the biggest ice cream bowl, was it? Yeah. Which so, is... but but now, like, and and my favorite part of that was the how do we decide what's benign and what's not? Because it may have seemed like a harmless prank to one person, and it and the person receiving that harmless prank. Um, can be really hurt by it, whether physically or emotionally, they can really get hurt. Um, which is what we see a lot today with um, bullies and people getting bullied. You know, they'll, their defenses, it was a harmless prank, it was just a harmless joke. Um, and the repercussions of that can be some, you know, something as simple as somebody crying and being, you know, and feeling like they have no one um to something as severe as you know dying by suicide yeah and not only that um also thinking about the prank culture that is so prevalent today 
especially with YouTube, mm -hmm. where there is a lot of content that's just based on having people being pranked on. And so we always see those pranks from the point of view of the one who's creating the prank, the prank videos. Yes. But we obviously we don't know how the other person reacts outside of what they decided to edit in or out. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if some people were harmed by the pranks, especially some of them that are really, I don't know, it, it goes into certain areas that I would not go to. For example, mm -hmm. um, being in the middle of the street, um, dressing up as a clown with a chainsaw could get somebody a heart attack. And it could be funny for some to sort of see those reactions, but you never know who's going to walk down that street and how they could be affected by that. So it's something that, I don't know, every time I see those videos, I, I keep wondering if there's somebody who was actually, who did not perceive it as a prank, but as an offense, whether, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's that, that, I mean, the prank videos has been something that's been going on since like, probably even the 90s. Um, yeah. With Bam Margera and the, what is it? Jackass guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Ashton Kutcher had punked. Yeah. Um, And yes, they all signed releases and waivers. So these people knew that they were going to be on video after the punking took place or whatever happened. Um, but still, these are things that, sad to say, people are very impressionable or stupid. I don't know which one you'd want to say. Um, <laughs> and we'll repeat these same pranks. Um, but that's like jumping like crazy ahead. But I really wanted to get into that because, I mean, this this whole episode is literally about like how far a joke, like how far can you take a joke? Um, yeah. And... Okay, let's well, yeah. let's let's get into the, the relationship aspect of it because yeah, uh, there's I, there's a lot of betrayal and everything in this episode. This is very much um, a novella. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a novella. And the other thing is the episode is called "Joking Victim," and that goes from pranking to what Lars did. And what Lars did was he pretended to have a discapacitating injury. I think, or debilitating, debilitating injury. Debilitating, incapacitating. <laughs> yeah. So Way to just combine those words. He, he really yeah. did. So we're going to put that in our new dictionary. Um, it makes more sense in Spanish. Anyways. <laughs> um, so he does this, mm -hmm. and he, the way he's interpreting it is he fooled Sadie into thinking he could get a day off. Mm -hmm. And he later on in the episode, he tells that to the cool kids in a joking manner to sort of celebrate his exploits and his prank in a way, how he pranked Sadie into giving him a day off. Mm -hmm. So it, the theme pretty much carries out throughout the whole episode. And it really hurts Sadie. And why is that? Well, Sadie has like romantic feelings towards Lars. Um and even though it's not spelled out by the fact that Lars has that little nickname that she's his uh, she's his player too, shows that Lars knows that she has romantic feelings towards him. Um, 
but this this episode shows that Lars may not have the same feelings for her. Um, and, and he's very willing to exploit those emotions that she has for him. Okay, now, I, I think I had to disagree on that. Okay, go. Disagree. Um, Doesn't mean you're right, but you could go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> okay, well, listen. I mean, obviously, like, in later episodes, we, we know that... We don't okay, discuss you know, later yeah, episodes. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just saying, but I'm saying... Uh, no, I'm saying, like, in later episodes, we get a lot more evidence yes. uh, for their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think this is this is really the first episode where we do get hints of how their relationship is mm-hmm. we see how lars and sadie interact on their own sort of and in the end of this episode i mean lars realizes what he did and even though what sadie did was a thousand times worse in terms of the actual prank or the actual joke mm-hmm. he realizes that what he did was still worse than what she did like, so, because the thing is, is that while he has suffering from physical pain, uh-huh. he caused emotional pain and he realized, like, this is his best. This is his friend. This is the person that he spends probably the most time with because they're the only two working at the Big Donut. And it seems like they're working all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So naturally, they spend all this time together, which means that and the way Sadie also describes their night together, just playing video games and when Steven says, like, oh, yeah, the game must have been really fun, and then you see Sadie's, like, like stop and pause for a second from drinking her coffee, and then quickly take a sip after saying, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Which clearly you can tell that there were other things going on. Now we don't know what things. It could have just been, like, she was just too distracted by Lars to really be playing and focusing on the game. They could have had some really good conversations going on. We don't know. Yeah. We never know. But the point is, is that there had to have been something going on between the two that makes it so that they are like this together. And that Lars, while Lars is kind of a, a, a jerk at times, he really does care about her. I mean, and as well, like Sadie mentions that Lars will cover for her so she can watch Canine Court. Yeah. So, I mean, he... The person who always wants to slack off, wants to not do anything, is willing to man the store and everything about it while she gets to watch her for her show. Which, you know, I I mean, I don't think anyone in any of our jobs would be willing to do that for us. Like, say, like, oh man, a new episode came out for this show that I really watched. Can you cover for me while I go watch it in the break room? I'm pretty sure most of our coworkers are going to be like, uh, No. How about you wait until you get home and you can do that? Yeah, I, I don't know about that because I, you know, my, my okay, schedule, well, like I can literally schedule myself around TV shows if I wanted to. Okay, well, you're, 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 you're a special case, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I agree with Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Lars does care about Sadie, but part of what Lars is, is a person that he doesn't want to think about the consequences of his actions. And so I think he does care about Sadie and he wants to spend time with Sadie. But at the same time, whenever he wants to leave the job, he'll do it and he won't think about what that means for Sadie. And so he he does that thing where he 
he schedules around he, he works around canine court which knowing lars which his personality goes around slacking mm-hmm. and not wanting to do his job i think that's a big thing that's like a big step for him but also um when he can't play that game that he asks um which one was it is it army of war yeah so yeah which is by far the most redundant um <laughs> war game name ever. oh yeah totally that's that's sort of like saying wartime war 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 yeah and so, so the funny thing is though is that that could actually be a game title like in our <laughs> our world and our actual lives like i would yeah. not put it past a company to actually name a game that i really hope the companies that play that create video games are a little bit more creative than yeah. army of war but anyways so <laughs> he couldn't get army of war because he was banned from the store and so the first person he thinks to ask is sadie mm-hmm. and uh, maybe that's because he knows that she's sort of reliable in that way i want to say maybe- that he's willing to re- to to manipulate the relationship yeah, I, I mean, that, I think totally that's totally sticking with that. <laughs> I think, I think he might have an attraction to her, but might also seek to exploit her in other ways. See, and I, I don't, I don't disagree with you guys, but I really do feel that this was an episode that showed, like, and I'll be honest, Lars is actually one of by far one of my most hated uh, characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Excuse you? Yeah, just because he seems like such a jackass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's no nice way for me to put that. Um, He's intentionally mean. Um, He is lazy. He's um, just a jerk in general. But he knows how um, Sadie feels for him. This episode, I don't feel... He shows at all that he has any type of compassion for her because mm-hmm. we both, like, we both, um, all three of us realize that Sadie and Lars are the only two running that shop. So, okay, you know, Sadie did put way too much of that fire assault. One, I don't think she realized how extreme the reaction would be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there are tons of other food-related things we can talk about later on discussing like she could have killed him if he was allergic blah 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 blah. yeah yeah but he puts her in danger in a consistent basis because there are days where he's supposed to open and he doesn't so he calls her even though she closed the night before and 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 sadie says it in this episode so if we're going by like let's say this this is like uh a dunkin donuts a lot of dunkin donuts are actually open not 24 hours but 22 hours meaning that like there's a two hour gap there for it to be closed cleaned and for everybody to get some rest and you know but there's usually more people than just two people opening and closing a store so let's say that beach city is running you know the big donut just like that and instead of 22 hours maybe it's open for like 16 hours Lars and Sadie are the only two. Now it's only Sadie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think- he, he he puts her in danger by doing yeah by by doing what he does, uh, and he doesn't seem to like have any emotion for it whatsoever. He just thinks it's a big joke. 
Yeah, I think I agree with you on that on that count. I think it's valuable to sort of make the difference between whether he has romantic feelings for her or whether he actually respects her in the relationship. And I think you can have both. I think he's somebody who like he has some feelings for her, but he's not at a point where he respects her completely. And it's more like a I wouldn't say infatuation, but sort of an attraction that he has for her while well, still it, being the jerk that he is. Yeah, and it's it's almost like that high school thing, you know. Um and and they play this out on TV so often. It's it's a weird trope. But that whole thing where where the the cool guy likes the nerdy girl, but he can't let his cool friends know that he likes the nerdy go- girl. So yeah. they're only dating when it's a secret and none of his friends can find out. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how Lars treats Sadie. Like, she's his girlfriend in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. Sadie's a booty call. I think it's more yeah. like she, um. she's, she's the work girlfriend. And so he associates her with work and with like, I think it's the opposite. I think she's here. I think she's his quote unquote wife that he's sort of trying to escape from. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to commit to that relationship. So he'll go out with the cool kids and sort of, because that's where he really wants to be. Sadie's his, it's Sadie's his booty call. I okay. I I'm also disagree with you on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a uh, uh, ball and chain is the more. I don't know. I don't know because they they really enjoyed that game the other night. Okay, L- listen here, <laughs> listen here, guys. Uh, so let's not make any assumptions here. I'm totally but, not making okay. assumptions. I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. positing a hypothesis. Yeah, that well, army of I, war is a metaphor for, uh-huh. of course. <laughs> okay, alrighty, you just you. Ha- all right, that line has now been crossed. Okay, okay. We, I think we already crossed the the explicit, um, label. We didn't curse at all <clears throat> in this episode. What are you talking about? You literally called Lars a jackass. Is that really a curse? You can yeah, say um, that on the yeah. radio. Can you really? Yeah. I have yet to hear anybody on the radio use the word jackass. You can use you can use jackass, you can use bitch, you can use Yeah. You just can't use the brown word and the F word. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So so we okay. are still technically PG thirteen or something. Okay. Uh, you're you're right, because we're always allowed one F bomb. <laughs> anyway, we're not gonna drop that here. But I do wanna say um, a, a couple of things about the reason why I feel like Lars acts the way he does is that right now in, in, in these beginning seasons, I believe Lars is probably only about 16. And if you could think back to when you were 16, which I'm sure for all of you, it's not very long ago. What? Is that I'm trying to be nice. Okay. Okay. I love you, Mark. <laughs> Any, anyway, 16 year old, especially us men are not really cognitively developed fully i mean obviously most people aren't developed until they're about 20 in in their early 20s but for us men it takes a little bit longer and i know for for myself when i was 16 
especially when it came to girls. Like, it wasn't the easiest to really convey feelings, emotions. It wasn't, it was hard to find the right words and the right things to say and to do. And so I feel like, especially with Lars in this case, because Lars is trying so hard to be cool. And with Sadie, it's the one time when he can really be his genuine self. He's caught in this kind of conflicting personality thing where he's trying to find the surface, uh, a surface personality, I guess you can call it, uh, Mm -hmm. of like how he wants to present himself to, to the general public. And he's caught between being his genuine self and the cool kid self. And so I feel like Lars just is in that awkward in between thing where he doesn't know how to quite say what's on his mind and um i I remember listening uh, at the time of this recording uh listening to the new uh, the newest episode of the steven universe podcast just promoting other podcasts on this i don't know mark i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna take back that love yeah it's source material it's official (laughs) this was episode with it was an episode with the uh the actual voice actor for lars and he said that, you know, as much as people want to deny it, as much as people hate it, he claims, and it's true, everybody can relate to Lars. It's, in, in some aspect, everyone can relate to Lars because Lars is probably the most humanistic and grounded character. And this is kind of where you see that the more teenage boy self of him. Mm-hmm. And obviously as, as the seasons go on, his, his, he goes through some major character developments, but at right now, this is like, you see this starting point and you see the teenager, awkward, un, unsure of himself part. Mm-hmm. And it's really highlighted in this episode of like, he has this one really good friend and he doesn't, he doesn't know how to necessarily handle it. I I think and that's just my opinion. Where he, I don't think he really understands the weight of this friendship, just because he's trying so hard to be a cool kid, and he's willing to throw away even his most valued friendship because of it. Not necessarily realizing that's what he's doing, but still doing it nonetheless. I like that. That's just me. Go, Mark. Go see. <laughs> Mark I, I, sees I, I, the I moss never... and knows it's trying to bloom. Okay. Like I I I never related to Lars. I was <laughs> I, I I mean it was weird. I I had moments of insecurity, but Lars I I always feel like Lars was uh were those were, were those like jerky people that kind of just picked on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um and that's bad to say for me to see that when, in all honesty, I was a bully. <laughs> oh, my. Um, you see, you so, related to Lars. I, no, I don't. <laughs> no. I said in some aspects, uh, everybody can relate to Lars. And the fact that Lars kind of picks on Steven. And there are later episodes where we see that Lars, uh, Steven isn't his only victim at times. Well, we you relate seen, to Lars. We, we see in this episode that Sadie's one of his victims, but yeah. but Lars is almost like gaslighting Sadie. So I'm sorry, I don't relate to Lars whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he does, <laughs> and I think we also see part of Lars's insecurity because, mm-hmm. and this is something that's kind of meta. But um, according to the wiki, 
when you look at the storyboard images, mm-hmm. when Lars is jumping on the trampoline, he's wearing his snake shirt. But for some reason, they decided to change that shirt to the scorpion shirt. Um, and it's likely because he was self-conscious about his snake shirt. And if you remember in Lars and the Cool Kids, um, they told her that that his shirt was nasty. And so he's sort of trying to posture for his cool friends Meh. by wearing a scorpion shirt. <laughs> okay, okay. I can, yeah, that, I can probably, I can see that one. So. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm confused. I thought he was wearing the snake shirt in the trampoline scene. Not according to the wiki. If, if, uh, if this is wrong, I'm going to blame whoever wrote in the wiki and not myself. I, for well, admi- <laughs> admitted, admittedly, I just rewatched the episodes like not even a half hour ago, and I'm almost positive it was the snake shirt. And I think the reason why he was wearing the snake shirt is because of the whole thing with Buck earlier with Lars and the Cool Kids, where he's like, "Oh man, snakes are pretty cool." So he keeps wearing that shirt around Buck because he knows that Buck thinks that snakes are kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I'd have to go back and actually rewatch it because you could be it, the 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 wiki could be right. It could be the scorpion shirt, and I could be completely wrong. But either way, my theory is confirmed. It's a it's a it's sealed tight. Either okay. he's wearing the snake shirt to impress or the scorpion shirt to impress. I win. <laughs> um. So yeah, and so Sadie does that fire assault prank. To sort of get him back because Lars, she catches Lars sort of showing off. Yes. But the most, I think what's really important is that she's not upset because Lars uh, skipped work or because he fooled her into skipping work. When she sort of tells him why she's upset, she says like, oh, is this why you're skipping work to like hang out with some other girl. I think that's what she says. Yeah. Yeah. And then that pretty much tells you where, what her frame of mind is at with her relationship with Lars. She's always trying to sort of paint Lars in a more sympathetic light saying that, you know, he has flaws, but um, you sort of have to meet him to understand that he's really a good guy. But the line is crossed when he does not reciprocate her feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the first time she sees that she's being manipulated. And I think yeah. that's, and, and, and that hurts the most when you finally get that, uh, that confrontation or the, the, the solidifying of that fact that, you know, the person that you always stick up for, the person that, that you always support, and the person that you care about a lot, um, doesn't respect you the way you respect them, or doesn't care about you the way that you care about them. Um, so, Lars may have feelings for, for Sadie, um, and, and I still posit that it's not really something that's shown here that he has any feelings for her. I feel like he feels bad that he got caught and not that he hurt his boss's feelings or his friend's feeling, but he feels bad that he got caught. Um, I think that's fair. 
you know, we don't, we don't get to see a lot. And, and I mean, we didn't get to see a lot from, from the beginning to now on Sadie and Lars's relationship. Um, and there's, going forward, there's only going to be like one or two that we really get to see that relationship. But at this point, it's a lot more of he feels bad because he was caught, you know, trying to hang out with people that he doesn't consider himself cool enough to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that little bit of uh, what is that called? Imposter syndrome that he that he's dealing with on a consistent basis. Um, but yeah, I think Lars kind of gaslights Sadie through this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I, so I had nothing else to go. <laughs> Sadie then uses the fire salt on the donut. And, uh, you know, this is a cartoon. So uh, the portrayal isn't as realistic, but in real life, if that donut made him breathe fire, he would actually have died. <laughs> um, in part because when you're exposed to fire, one of the main causes of death can be what what we call inhalational injuries, in which the heat, the mere heat that the fire is producing, mm-hmm. sort of dries out your lungs from the inside and damages them. And then... It, it's very hard to sort of recuperate from that unless you're in a hospital. And so he could have actually died from that prank in part because Steven did not know just how bad, you know, the dosage of fire salt gets when, when you take too much. And so when Steven does the Heimlich maneuver on him, he says that he's choking, but he's really not because you know, somebody's choking when they can't speak or they can't utter a word. And so you can see that Lars can sort of speak in between fire breathing. Yes. So what he what happened was that he probably had ingested the donut and it was in his stomach. And when Steven does the Heimlich maneuver, he throws it up. And so that's not medically sound because if the donut <laughs> if the donut really burns as much as it does, um I'm taking an example per example when we receive patients in the emergency department that drank um, Clorox, per Mm -hmm. example, or something like that. You can't have them throw up because the esophagus is like one of the most delicate parts of the body. And so you can't have that liquid sort of cross the esophagus twice. It could pretty much perforate it and then you'd be bleeding and the Clorox would be all over your, your body because it sort of escapes your esophagus into the rest of your body. And so what they, that's why they should have just sent Lars to the hospital. <laughs> and, okay. But this is a cartoon. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean, <laughs> um, so, so people yeah. now, you know, don't like eat something that has fire. And if you're going to go to the hospital, please don't try to throw it back up. <laughs> yeah, moral of the story, kids. Don't eat fire. It's bad for you. And send and send your kids to school, not like the other kids in Beach City. Oh okay, God. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's another thing here that I just realized. Mm-hmm. Steven's only 13, and he has a job at the Big Donut? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was I was going to talk about it, but since you guys get annoyed with the fact that I keep bringing that up in almost every episode, I will let Mark handle this one. Okay, but the thing is, is that with the Frybos, 
that's a family business. So if the kid, if they, if the parents want the child to work in the family business, that's one thing. Okay, but listen, but considering the big is donut still, is it is it the big there are donut still like laws about kids going to school, which none of those kids seem to do. Okay, okay. I'm not I'm not paying attention <laughs> to the school aspect. I'm paying attention to the work aspect here. How and the family business if the if the parents want the children to work in the family business. Okay, that's one thing. But the Big Donut is a chain, I'm assuming, owned by a corporate business. Actually, no, it is a corporate business because Sadie even says that the donuts they mail yeah. and they get are mailed from a corporate baking place, which is another thing about <laughs> their their food standards. Those donuts are in boxes that aren't frozen. If you're going to get donuts shipped to you, they better be frozen. Otherwise, those things are going to go bad. I worked in a bakery. I know this. I know these things. Maybe their donuts are made of Twinkies. Um, um they gotta be. But <laughs> the fact that Sadie, without interviewing Stephen, without really anything with Stephen, just says, "Yeah, sure, come work at the Big Donut." At thirteen years old, will he get a check for that two days that he worked? Or, or what's going on? I mean, he went through the training. He got his orientation. He has a uniform. Maybe it's a pyramid scheme. Uh, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. so because I wanted to, I decided I needed to, to find this out. So the Fair Labor Standards Act provides for certain exemptions. Minors under the age of 16 working in a business solely owned or operated by their parents or by persons standing in place of their parents can work any time of day and for any number of hours. However, parents are prohibited from employing the children in manufacturing or mining or in any of the occupations declared hazardous by the Secretary of Labor. So technically, yeah, you're right. He can work there, but there are still laws about school. So, okay. Now, now, all right, go ahead. I don't know. That job seems pretty hazardous considering it was a workplace accident where somebody apparently left a burn mark in the wall. Scorch mark. (laughs) I want to know how that happened because I don't, aside from the ovens, I don't know what could have caused an explosion like that. Well, they obviously make their donuts with nuclear reactors, and so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anything so, else? Tech- but that still doesn't say why Steven's working there. Technically, he can't. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, we're good with that. Um, Alrighty, let's move on th- to the next episode, I think. Right, guys? Yeah. No, Steven and the Stevens. Oh, Steven and the Stevens. Synopsis time. All right, so Steven and the Stevens. It opens up with Steven and the Gems on a mission to recover... Uh, I forget what Pearl calls it, but basically it's the time thing from the first ep- from the, the pilot episode. Yeah. And they need to be careful about which hourglass they pick out because if they pick the wrong one, the time room or shrine or whatever it is will get flooded and you have to wait a hundred years for it to reform so they're trying to carefully uh and meticulously pick out which one until amethyst just you know disregards everything and picks up one Mm -hmm. which turns out to be wrong 
And so with, when the shrine starts collapsing, Steven's like, oh, well, Amethyst gets to keep her hourglass. I want to go get the one I picked out, which is this really tiny, like, little circular time thing, as uh, we'll call it. And um, after that, they come back to the house, and then Steven uh, goes, tries to go over to the car wash to get his dad, because they're rehearsing for Beach of Palooza, which is like a little festival thing, I guess, that's held in Beach City. Now, when Steven gets there... Uh, he finds out that his dad can't rehearse and won't be able to make it to the show because Yellowtail's boat got stuck in the car wash. Why a boat needs a car wash? We'll never know. <laughs> so, continuing from there, Steven leaves, and then he says he wishes that he could go back in time to tell his dad that the boat was too fat. And then immediately he gets transported back in time. And he then he successfully manages to stop his dad from uh, getting the boat stuck. Although, because of that, Yellowtail's truck that's, you know, towing the boat uh, ends up going forward after Yellowtail gets out because he forgot to put it in park, hits a power line, and sets the whole car wash on fire. Steven then goes back in time again to stop himself from doing that because he realizes that trying to mess with time doesn't do well. But then he decides to use that the use the other Stevens that he's run into to create a band and after going back in one more time to get a fourth steven they go back to the to the house and they create steven and the stevens which is a throwback a soft throwback to what was it 90s rock and roll josie and the pussycats man yeah that's basically like way before 90s i forgot what he said i forgot what era he said what what decade but Either way, it was soft rock and roll. It was in like fifties. I don't know. Uh, it could have been. I, I don't know. Whenever, I, whenever the Josie and the Pussycats came out. <laughs> um, going on from there, Stephen decides to try. They they name the original Stephen the band leader, and they try to differentiate themselves. And Stephen, the original Stephen, tries to differentiate the other three Stevens from each from themselves. And they can't seem to get it right. They're just kind of all just screwing around, completely taking on the opposite uh, roles that they've been assigned, to which aggravates the original Steven. And this is when Steven sort of starts realizing that he's really annoying. And he kind of laments on this, but then in the middle of him like reflecting on this, the other Stevens start making like this like hardcore heavy metal like uh, cover <laughs> of something Angsty. and you know this irritates the original steven to the point where he said that he's gonna go back in time and stop all of this from happening so then th this ensues a giant chase through time as uh they're going back in time because they all have time things to stop themselves and then it eventually goes back all the way to the beginning of the uh, to where they were again in the original episode, like the the shrines uh, about to fall apart, it's starting to flood up, and there's a giant brawl of like twenty plus Stevens, and the gems are clearly confused as to what's going on, and the original Steven then realizes that even despite all their fighting, all they're doing is hurting themselves, and nobody's gonna win. And so to stop all of this, he has to end it. So he destroys the time thing, which causes all the other Stevens, aside from the one that 
uh, as in the current time that they're in to start disappearing. And they just turn to sand to disappear. And then the original, original Steven goes to the original Steven and he tells him, you know, like, hey, your dad can't play tonight. The boat's fat. You got to find another way to which the original Steven gets really confused and kind of terrified as to what's going on. <laughs> and then he, the Boat's original, original, <laughs> the original, original Steven then like says, you know, like kisses him on the cheek and says, Arrivederci. And then he dissipates into sand. And then it cuts to a final song where it's Steven and the Crystal Gems. Yep. Yeah. To where Steven, in the middle of a song, kind of uh, says, you know, like, don't go back in time or you'll destroy yourself. And that he accidentally created an alternate timeline. And that he learned to stay true to himself because he watched himself die. <laughs> ah, what a and nice that thing. is the episode. What I a lovely note to end it on. Yeah. Yeah. Get it? Nope. Because it was a song? Uh-huh. Ha! I'm funny, guys. Me slapper. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, get out. You're not part of this podcast anymore. Okay, so, first of all, what I really want to know, this is more of a lore thing, is, okay. are these artifacts from Earth, or are they gem artifacts? And, assuming they're gem artifacts, who made these, and... Are gems able to create time-bending items? And why is this the only gem we ever get to see? Like, the the time gems, whatever, the hourglass thingy. The time thing. Do do diamonds have the capacity to make such an item? And why haven't they used them? So I want to say that this is probably a gem artifact. Uh Uh-huh. because during the whole first season, they go on all these missions to find gem artifacts. There was the time beetle. The, I mean, there was the heaven beetle and the earth beetle. There was uh, the hourglass thing. There was, I'm trying to remember what the other thing was, um, that they became opal. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so the heaven I, beetle thing. Was that the heaven beetle? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Heaven beetle. Well, there was something else. Oh, the one where they didn't get it because... Uh, Steven packed around. It was it was supposed to be the lunar sea spire, that, and he forgot the moon goddess statue. Yes, that one. So I want to say that these are all gem artifacts. I don't think they ever really clarify if it's gem or um, human, but I want to say it's gem artifacts, and they're probably just stuff that diamonds can create. Um, damn it. I can't say anything without being totally spoilerific, so I'm just going to say they are probably just something that diamonds can create. Plot twist. It's actually Isu stuff from Assassin's Creed. It's <laughs> bleeding into Steven Universe. I agree. Yeah. That's so, probably. by the way, Josie and the Pussycats came out in 1963. Okay, I, I went to 50s. I'm pretty close. So... But I don't think he said. I don't think he said sixties throw throwback. Sixties throwback to soft rock and roll. No, he's. I swear to God, you were gonna say soft core porn, weren't you? No. <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, cat? I was not. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Why? Oh my god, my brain is fried. Um, All right, so no, he said um, Josiana Pussycats. We we totally talked about Josiana Pussycats in this. Okay. Okay, so anyway, um, 
<laughs> now that I've like unnerved everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So I I totally want to say that this is probably just gem stuff, but I like the fact that um, this is one of those things where we get to see how. Well, Stephen gets to see how his choices can affect other people by watching his choices affect him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the first time that Stephen actually gets to do that walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, not in knowing how they live their life, but in knowing how he treats other people and... um. And as Marcus said, um, how annoying Stephen can be. Um, and he never got to see that until it um, singularly affected him. Yeah. Which begs the question, the later episodes that we see, aren't mm-hmm. we following the Stephen who received the message from the other Stevens? Or are yes. we, are we receive? are we... Because that Stephen did not see any of that. No. He only saw the battle at the end. And that was pretty much it. So, yeah. So, that, but, so he didn't get, yeah, you're right. So, he didn't get to see how annoying he really is. Mm. But. Yes. It's because of the whole battle with himself that he saw all of that. Yeah. And he kind of, I think that's what kind of starred him. And he made he kind of realized just how like conflicting him he can be with himself, yeah. and I think that in turn kind of helps him realize it. So, but, so he got to he got to actually physically visualize his own internal battles. Exactly, that is totally meta. Uh, this is a very meta show when you think about it, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, or don't think about it. <laughs> I mean. How many times do you have a, a a battle with yourself going, you know, I should I shouldn't have made that choice, I shouldn't have made that choice, and you beat yourself up and he literally got to see himself beat himself up. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. But does he under so then the next question would be, does he understand why that happened? No, I think because cool Steven just says like you know, find another way to make your band happen, and that's how you're going to stop it. <laughs> so, uh, butterfly effect. I just, I, I want to say this because it kind of can correlate to a game. Now, granted, it's a horror game, mm-hmm. but it has absolutely everything to do with butterfly effects, and that's Until Dawn. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, now, I've never played the game. But I've seen countless people play it. I've seen all the different possibilities that can happen in that game simply just from small, simple actions. And this is where you kind of get that vibe. Now, granted, I be- I think it really only happens once where you really see the butterfly effect kind of take place. No. And that's, that, and that, no. and that's when you see the first time he goes back in time and he causes the, the car wash to go on fire. But uh-huh. then he realizes, and that's why he stops himself. He's like, Listen, going back to change things isn't going to work. And then he decides to do something different with time as opposed to going back to change it. So that's where I feel like we see the only real example of the butterfly effect because in an effort to change the past, he creates a new future. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. sort of thing, and and that's why he stops himself from keep on from him doing it again. Yeah. Whether as in until dawn, it's like you know, depending on what actions you take or don't take, will change how the end game goes out. Whether you have some of your characters die, whether some of them live, all of them die, all of them live. Yeah, really sort of depends on your actions in that time and then that plays out in the future whereas this he goes back in time to try to change something and creates a new future that's inadvertently worse yeah than the one than the original and he does that twice because first is him trying to get his father to be in the band and so he stops the boat but then um when yellow tail gets out of the boat um the boat crashes into the gas station and it sets everything on fire and so then he goes back because he knows okay i can't have this this particular future like having dad go to the concert and that's where he thinks well i'll go to the concert as clones but yeah that doesn't work either so he just settles to Tell the Steven at the end that, you know, find another way, but don't use this time turner thing because, yeah, it's not going to work out. By the way, that was so a time turner. Yes, it really was. It really was. That was that was literally the time turner. A reference Um, to Harry Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. Are you sure? I I don't think so, because the time turner is like a necklace thing. And this is like... A little ball it's kind of like yeah. a, a rememberal with a time turner like combined if you want to stick with the harry potter theme here so the time but, the time turner is a necklace but the actual part that's important is a sphere a crystal sphere with an hourglass on it right no i no it's not it's not in a sphere it's like in a coin it's got, a, it's, it's yeah. got like a ringlet yeah, that's in it. True. it's a coin but then like you need like a a little dial kind of like a watch dial yeah. to turn it so you can go back in time well yeah. there's this he just needs to say something and it's like poof well i we can always we can always uh call rebecca sugar or send her an email and ask her if she was um influenced by harry potter in that episode yeah. perfect i'll get right on that okay on good. our, on you, our, you our thousand episode we're gonna have rebecca sugar here and <laughs> interview her and we're gonna have all those questions just Stay tuned, audience members. Yeah. That's going to happen. I'm, I'm trying you to know, remember. I, there was a video game that I played, um, and I can't remember the name of it. And it was about a girl who can sort of like butterfly effect. And at the end of it, like there's this giant storm. And it's because Life is of strange. Her, Life is strange. Oh, my God. Thank you. This whole episode re- reminded me of Life is Strange. Yeah, that's another good example. So, Okay. Uh, thank you. That was that was like seriously like bugging me out. I was like, why can't I remember the name of this game? I almost said it was like um, what remains of Edith Finch, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not the game. Edith Finch was a totally different game. Yeah. But <laughs> okay, like, you know, high key, high key though. I really do want Rebecca Sugar on our podcast at some point. I would love that. I really would. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath because I'm a very big realist. Um, maybe if I we mean, get a correct. lot more fo- followers, uh, please like us on iTunes and give us, uh, uh, five. 
<laughs> five out of five would recommend. So, That's a good point to get to the end note. <laughs> but um, it, I, I think what confuses me about this episode, and I think this is where, and I'm going to be kind of critiquing at this point. So the, li- the lyrics are literally, by the way, don't go back in time or you'll destroy yourself. Steven and the cr- crystal gems were going to make you smile. I accidentally, I accidentally created an alternate timeline. And then Steven and the crystal gems, come on now, don't be shy. I learned to stay true to myself by watching myself die. So, okay, yeah, he watched himself die, but how does he know he created an alternate timeline? Well, because... For that's because that Steven killed like killed himself to sacrifice that. Obviously, his timeline isn't the same as the original Steven that destroyed the time thing and told him to find another way. So, so you okay? And and because you know what you guys expressed it the whole time, but my only reason why I asked this is because every time I I hear this song and every time I see that episode because I've watched this episode a bunch of times I actually like it it's one of my favorite ones um but what always cracks me up is um did you guys ever watch Naruto yes no the original series the original series yes so you know Naruto can do those uh the shadow clone jutsu yeah Mm -hmm. okay and he finds out that um when he sends his clones to do missions they don't have to come back because as soon as they poof he gets the knowledge that they had yeah so every time i watch this episode i totally feel like this is steven perfecting the shadow clone jutsu (laughs) (laughs) that's a very convoluted way to perfect it but good on you steven so he got all those people and like he 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 got to experience all their messed up things because as soon as they like got poofed he gained all their knowledge which which for me is that the only way that this song makes sense yeah because i mean in all honesty for all he knows they all just showed up there's no reason and they're only fighting because they want to be the only steven so, you know, it's inferring that this Steven has knowledge that he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's possible. It's a valid argument. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily right, but it's valid. <laughs> Thank Maybe. you for coming full circle and telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> But we also know that Rebecca Sugar does watch anime, so maybe she watches Naruto and she was totally going, hey, gonna have him perfect Shadow Clone Jutsu. And this is how. I mean, you're entitled to be wrong. It's okay. A hundred percent. She totally meant for that to be interpreted as ninja Jutsu skills. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. I I I think I think we're done here. Yes. Yeah, now yeah. now that we've been completely ridiculous on that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> please everyone remember to like us, find us on iTunes and give us five so other people can like and find us on iTunes. Also Google and Stitcher and Mark, what's the other one? Guys, we are Spotify. finally on Sp- Wow, way to kill it. <laughs> Cat can, can, can completely like cut this out. 
I know. She's going to cut this out. I'm going to do it again. <clears throat> so, guys, we are finally on Spotify. Spotify. Uh, after uh, a lot of time and uh, pressuring to Josue, uh, we managed to find out that the podcast hosting site or the, the hosting site that we use for our podcast actually can now be uploaded to Spotify. So, if you are an Android user and you don't have Google Podcasts and or you don't want to get Google Podcasts, but you have Spotify, well, you can look us up there and we'll be there now. We know that Spotify is pretty big. I have Spotify and I use it for my music. I listen to other podcasts on it. It's actually pretty cool. And I'm really happy that we're also on it now. Mark? So now I can brag that I'm on Spotify. Mark? What? If people aren't listening to us because they don't have Google Podcasts, how are they hearing that you are, like, promoting Spotify? Because I literally tell every <laughs> single person that I know no, no. about our podcast. Okay. No. I meet random strangers and I bring it up at some point in the conversation. Yeah. Okay. The thing is that most of our listeners do the sacrifice of going into the website and just listening to the link instead of using a podcast app. Okay. And then... All of those are going to be totally relieved that now they can use the Spotify app. So like us, uh, rate us, please give us fives, and um, leave a comment. I actually like to read them. Yes, and contact us on Twitter. On the show notes, you'll find the handles. Yes. And yes. anything else, guys? Oh, forums. Please look at GT forums. You can comment on any... Um, episode we've done um and if anything you guys can also find us on the gt discord all links oh, always on the discord yes all of these will be linked in our show notes and write letters to rebecca sugar saying that you want her to be on our episode on our uh show yeah. yes mm-hmm. all right guys i think we are done now okay all right so Thanks for listening you know, I think we really need to create some way for us to sign off on this because this is like the worst ending ever. Okay, <laughs> I think that's it. We're over. Bye. Um, I, yeah, we'll we'll work on it. Yeah, we need to work on that. If you guys have any suggestions on how we should end um, the episodes, please let us know. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. 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 Bye.